0: Welcome, everyone, to The Lift. I'm Tyra. And I'm Linda. And we're excited for you to be here for episode 17. We're going to talk about our workbook pair. And for this episode, we're talking about the section on getting ready, getting yourself in a good position if you are a consulting supervisor or a new supervisor so that you can hit the ground running in this new supervisory endeavor. We um, have this section for a number of reasons, but ultimately, I think the overarching reason is that consulting supervisors and new supervisors are only required to have one contact per month for just an hour. Now, it may be that you are lucky enough to have more time with your mentor or consulting supervisor, but in the instance that you're not, and you are just meeting the requirements put forth by the Behavior Analyst Certification Board, we wanted to make sure that we were positioning both individuals to have everything organized and be able to start the relationship in a way that uh, minimized any lost time, kind of figuring out logistics and really set the tone for that committed relationship between the two individuals from the get-go. Plus. Linda LeBlanc likes to be organized. Uh, yes,
1: I do. <laughs> Good relationship and get it together so that you can take advantage of those 12 remaining hours. That's it. One hour a month for a year, just 12 hours to focus on everything else and so you want to make sure you've got the logistics and the nitty gritties out of the way all taken care of before you start so you don't have a false start you
0: know what i never really thought about that it's really only just 12 hours that's a really good way to frame it linda right like that's you know one and a half workdays, or one work day for some of us <laughs> Um so in this section it sort of starts with a brief um focus on the need to self-reflect and then spends a little bit more more time on self-assessing which i think both pieces are really critical. Now we've talked a lot about the power of self-reflection when it comes to taking an active role in developing your repertoires around supervisory skills in our book on supervising and mentoring, particularly chapters one through three. And we covered um, those topics in episodes two and three of The Lift, particularly in episode three, where we talked about the mentor tree activity that you and Shala developed. Do you just want to talk briefly about that so that we can entice people to go back and listen to that
1: episode? Absolutely. So definitely check out that episode. It's um, one of my favorite activities in the book. And and many other people have told us it's one of their favorites as well. It's really about reflecting on your history um, throughout your life pre-entering this field and then throughout your training in this field and then if you're old like us all the stuff that's happened <laughs> since you've been in the field and how those things have influenced you and really helped to shape your values um, with respect to behavior analysis and the work that you do, but also your values with respect to supervision. And so we do include a version of that activity as a self-reflection activity. But we've also got a, a section in there that we'll talk a little bit more about in a minute. That's a values identification activity that really walks you through how you can identify Proactively and maybe retroactively, if Mm -hmm. you're the consulting supervisor, what some of your values are and how you what behaviors you have that are consistent with those values. Yep. So, for the consulting supervisor, you do that in the getting ready month and you're going to share that with the new supervisor. The new supervisor does it a little bit later after they've had the model of the consulting supervisor. So, That's really what the self-reflection part is about, but then there's also self-assessment. Now that requires self-reflection as well. It's just that you're doing it with a particular kind of anchored set of skills and a scoring approach. So this is good for anyone to do at any time. The skills assessment an assessment of your workload. And we do that at the beginning because as a consulting supervisor, if your workload doesn't support you being able to really devote that 12 hours um, across a year, plus the probably 12 hours it's going to take you to really prepare well. um, Or as a new supervisor, if you aren't in a position to really take on a trainee, you need to think about that ahead of time. And it might as well be at the beginning so you have a chance to do something
0: about it. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think it's so important that um, folks understand that it, it is an evaluation of where you are in your life, where you are in your work. So you need to be thinking about all of those pulls on your time and all of your other responsibilities. It's also where you are in your skill set. And it's also kind of where you are connected to your values around supervision. And I think all of those are tied into our code of ethics. You know, if you think about um, we've got, you know, 1.05, which is practicing within your scope of competence. The next one uh, requires us to make sure we're maintaining our competence We've got a requirement in 4.02 to ensure that we're supervising within our competence. And obviously, if we need to do that, we also need to teach our trainees how to do that. So I love this. Um, infinity loop that we have where the consulting supervisor is reflecting on their skills and their, um, the pulls on their time. And then they're asking the new supervisor to do it. The new supervisor is doing all of that. And then they're also going to be teaching their trainees how to do that, which I just think is this lovely, um, clear tying together of all three of these important Individuals, professionals in our um, field, right? You've got people with a little bit more experience supervising those, uh, mentoring those who are doing their best to develop their supervisory skills, and then thoughtfully impacting their trainees. So I think those components of that workload assessment and then your skills assessment are so critical. So maybe it would be useful for us to talk a little bit about. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's do that. So you know the these workbooks are about supervision and mentoring someone to become a better supervisor yep. and so the self assessments and the, and that supervising within your scope of competence not only on the behavior analytic skills but also honing your competence as a, a supervisor really is predicated on the notion of you should Kind of self reflect and self assess to figure out whether you've got all the supervisory skills that you need. So we've developed a foundational uh, self assessment and then an advanced self assessment. So for the new supervisor, really they need to be checking in on that foundational self assessment first. And then as you get farther along in this process, or maybe even after this first year, making more progress on the advanced supervision repertoire. But for the consulting supervisor, you better make sure that you are really ready with respect to the foundational supervisory skills as well as the advanced ones. Yep. So you might be five years in, you're now qualified to be a consulting supervisor, but you know, time isn't what ensures our competence. It's focused reflection and practice at the specific skills until we're fluent. Mm-hmm. So given that, you know, we give operational defin- definitions and anchors of developing the skill, proficient in the skill, and fluent in the skill. And we describe several areas where you self-assess, including the BACB supervision requirements. Everybody needs to know those or the (laughs) trainees suffer and the purposes of supervision. And, you know, It's, we can all always identify the purposes for better client services, but it's really important that the consulting supervisor and the new supervisor focus on those other purposes as well, which is honing the behavior analytic repertoire, modeling the skills as a supervisor and setting up future supervisees. To be able to be an effective supervisor as well. Yep. So um, there's also um, a, a section on training and performance management. And you know, what we include are some items that are about really explicitly being able to describe the purpose of feedback and having some of those scripts for feedback, if you don't have that and you are giving feedback, there's a good chance you are at least some of the time swinging and missing pretty hard. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's not just about following the five or seven steps or whatever model you use for feedback. It's also about, you know, some of the things that we talk about in the um episodes two and three of the lift and I think also episode five on feedback that is really about how you contextualize feedback as valuable and how you set it up as bi-directional so those kinds of things are also assessed in there with specific items Um, And then we also include a section that I really like, and this is even in the, the foundational ones, evaluating the effects of supervision, how are your skill sets on that, and monitoring and managing stress and wellness. This is a critical part of being a great supervisor and a great role model for someone else, you have to monitor your own stress. And detect the effects on your supervisory skills. You got to take care of yourself and manage that stress. And you need to teach your supervisees and trainees to do the same, or everybody is going to end up crunchy critters and relationships <laughs> suffer.
0: That's right. And I, I think what's really important is not only does that section talk about actually all of the sections Talk about sort of as the consulting supervisor, your skill set, but also your obligation to assess and develop that skill set with, with the new supervisor, right? So like in the monitoring and managing stress and wellness, not only are you evaluating your ability to do that for yourself, but also you're prompted to kind of think about what are my skills around teaching others to monitor and detect their stress levels um, to monitor, detect, and cultivate their wellness practices, right? So um, I think that that early on for the consulting supervisor in particular sets the tone that your relationship with your new supervisor is not supposed to be how to help teach your trainees, how to learn about preference assessments. Really, your time with your new supervisor is how to facilitate all of those other important repertoires that can lead you to being an effective supervisor. You already have the behavior analytic basics on lock, right? You've got coursework, you've done your fieldwork experience. What you need what I needed as a new supervisor was someone to help me see it all in a bigger picture, put all the pieces together in a way that I could effectively develop all of those skills and knowledge that I had learned. So um, that's a really critical like focus of the workbook pair. Yeah. And
1: there's one of the things I really like about the scoring that we use for this assessment is the asterisk. And this is where the self-reflection piece comes in. It's, you know, not only, all right, let me assess whether my skill, whether um, I could, whether I do this, whether I do it regularly, whether I do it without thinking of it, but the asterisk is about Is there something in your learning history that is perhaps problematic? Um, So for example, let's say you've got a history of receiving harsh feedback and it makes you avoid enough feedback, Mm -hmm. even if you're proficient at it, mark that with an asterisk because It gives you the opportunity to identify, I better keep working on building new learning history that I'm the boss of Mm -hmm. to, to shore up against these adverse circumstances. And so let's say, you know, that you're not particularly fantastic at managing your own stress levels, Yep. then, you know, even if you do it well, some of the time, if you know that that has had a negative effect on prior supervisory relationships and you'd just be regular people if that was the case <laughs> then score it but also put that asterisk by it because it, it it's really that opportunity to create um a wish list and a, and uh it can influence your selection Of what you focus on in this workbook. And the same thing is true for that new supervisor. So they're going to use the same skills assessment and they're going to share it with the consulting supervisor. And that's part of how you build the curriculum for the middle chunk. You know, if you think of this as kind of like a consulting sandwich, you know, (laughs) um, the middle months, you know, four through 11, that's where you tailor it based on this assessment.
0: Yep. I think you're absolutely right. And so two points, um, one, I want to share why I love the asterisks, and then I want to talk a little bit about how the scoring is slightly different for the new supervisor, and how that um, is used between the new supervisor and the consulting supervisor. So, to your point about the asterisks, I like it because it forces you to be honest, assuming you're willing to. So, for me, for example, when it comes to kind of managing stress and wellness, I think I would mark that I'm pretty proficient or fluent, but I would put an asterisk because I tend to have a really high tolerance level for stress, which is great for me, but not so great for people that I'm supervising or mentoring because they may not, and I still need to attend to that, right? Um, So it forces me to be really honest in the impact that my repertoires have on other people, even if I'm fairly skilled myself. That doesn't mean that it's going to be a positive impact. In that case, I feel fluent, but it would actually be a negative impact on my trainees and a new supervisor if I wasn't honest that, well, just because I have a high level of tolerance and that might translate into I'm in a position of privilege, right? That doesn't mean that I shouldn't attend carefully. So I really love that aspect of it. And then the other thing that's slightly different for the foundational skills for the new supervisor is their anchors are slightly different. So instead of asking, are you fluent at the highest level, we're just asking, are you proficient? Because you probably shouldn't be fluent yet in any of these things. You're new, (laughs) right? And we wanted to make sure that we were clearly messaging to people, no one is expecting you to be perfect. We're just trying to get an assessment of where you are. And if you are newly minted, you should sort of be able, but not, you know, you're not soaring through the sky. You're sort of like, you're flying along, but your wings are flapping, doing okay. Exactly. Um, And I really love that, which sort of, um, again, you know, clarifies that relationship that the consulting supervisor is meant to really be proficient at most of these things um, and help the supervi- the new supervisor on their way towards being fluent with these things. So um, I think that that is uh, important. Now, the other thing that this does early on is sets the expectation for how a new supervisor should use self-assessments and assessments. What's happening here is the new supervisor is self-assessing themselves. But the, the consulting supervisor is assessing them along the way on all of these things also, which gives them an opportunity to talk to the new supervisor about their ability to accurately kind of self-observe and evaluate their skills, which then the new supervisor is going to do with their trainees. They're going to ask their trainees to self-assess a bit. And then also they're going to assess those skills and kind of talk about that connect or disconnect. And I, I really think it's important that folks are doing this right out of the gate.
1: Absolutely. And it really kind of embraces that notion of um, consider all the things that you are experiencing and finding valuable. And as a supervisor, find a way to translate that into the things that you do with them rather than viewing it as like, wow, I'm so glad I learned that for myself, (laughs) but don't forget to kind of bring it around the other part of the infinity loop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, early on in this getting ready section after the self-assessment, already the new supervisor is sort of asked to just start drafting some general goals later on in the workbook pair that gets solidified a little more, but that also messages, something that I think you and Shala and I across all of our work around supervision always say is you're, you need to be active in the identification, development, and curation of your professional development. You cannot be a passive sort of, I'm just along for the ride, especially as a new supervisor, like you are positioned to know things about your history, your current circumstances and where you want to go, and you need to be purposely thinking about that. So I think it's, it's cool that that is one of the first activities in the getting ready section.
1: Yeah, well, let's talk, you know, we mentioned that you do a workload analysis, but let's not go too much into the nitty gritties of that, other than to mention that you do it. And for the consulting supervisor, you um, are walked through kind of how to identify facilitators and barriers. Mm -hmm. And the new supervisor doesn't necessarily have that part, but the consulting supervisor should be helping them identify some of those facilitators and barriers. But, you know, we do point people towards the mentor tree activity yep. and repeating that and then reflecting a little bit on what they liked about the supervision, what they learned, what they valued, whether they see any of those own behaviors um, in their supervisory behaviors. And then the stuff you don't like, right? We always <laughs> talk about like, you don't have to look through rose colored glasses. Um, no one is perfect. And so you can value, adore, honor an amazing supervisor and still recognize that. Yeah, but not that one so much. Yep. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, they don't have to be perfect to be absolutely amazing. Um And one of the things I love that I think you put in there, Tyra, because you're always thoughtful this way, is this prompt, this question of, have you ever expressly told a past supervisor what you liked about the supervisory experience with them? And if not, send a thank you note (laughs) and just tell them that. Just, you know, pay attention and kind of honor that influence. Uh, It's just a little thing. But I do think that if everybody who reads these workbooks does that, a whole bunch of people are going to get a, like, wow, best Tuesday email ever. (laughs) Um, And and that'll be a great thing. We then um, follow this up with an activity that we call the values identification activity. So for the um, consulting supervisor, we actually give you two domains, the domain of practice and supervision. And then we give you the opportunity to identify a few values in that area of practice or supervision. And give you the opportunity to note examples of behaving consistently with this value. Mm -hmm. So this is heavy duty self-reflection, not only what's the value, but what is it that I do to behave consistently with this value? And you might even recognize, gee, maybe I used to do that more than I do now. We, our behavior can It can drift from our values or we just have less of it, right? If we were to behave, we'd behave that way, but we don't always continue to behave at the rates that might match our values. And so absolutely critical that people reflect on their values and understand that this is just behavior analysis. This (laughs) isn't some kind of special other thing that you have to describe um, what guides your behavior and what behavior has been guided and whether you're having as much of it as you want. And there's a column that really prompts you to think about how are you going to talk about this to the new supervisor yep. so that it's not just this, um, values transmission by osmosis. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, a, a conversation and a demonstration that self-reflection is a critical part of how you keep yourself on the, the true path, right. The headed towards your own true North, whatever that is, And then you have to think about how you're going to describe that, what your good words will be to really help that new supervisor, not necessarily have only your values, (laughs) but to have that same ability to kind of name what matters to them and how they want to behave consistent with what matters to them.
0: Yep. And, you know, in the getting ready section for the new supervisor, they're not jumping into this intense values activity just yet. There are a couple of questions that ask them to reflect. But so this is the second piece. So the first piece that I think is super cool is that continued message of you have to keep self-reflecting, self-evaluating, and facilitating your professional development throughout these two workbooks. The other piece is this that you just described. It's critical for supervisors to learn to tact their thought processes, their discrimination processes, their behavior, their problem-solving strategies, because that is what behavior analysts do, right? They analyze things and it becomes difficult sometimes for us to remember how to do that to these more complex skill sets like and to analyze inward yes. instead
1: of outward.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, and so we love that this is one of the first things. And so the consulting supervisor is placed to engage in the activity and then tact it for this new supervisor. And then later on, the new supervisor is going to do it. And then they're supposed to tact it for their trainees. And that for me was a hard-learned lesson um, as a supervisor was how to tact that stuff. Like it's like you mm-hmm. said, Linda, these things aren't going to just happen by osmosis. And it may be that skills get transferred, but not optimally and mm-hmm. not purposefully. And you could have some deficits or wonkiness in there. So, um, so we really I really love that continued message throughout these workbook pairs.
1: And it's kind of a subtle demonstration of BST. It's instructions about, hey, this is what I've been thinking about, a demonstration of, you know, the describing and how did I think about it? And Mm -hmm. here's kind of what I came up with. And then they get the opportunity to rehearse because they do it themselves and they share it to the consulting supervisor, and then practice how they're going to explain it to their trainees. So it's not like there's a PowerPoint instructions, modeling, rehearsal right. feedback, but all of that is kind of built in to the fabric of these workbooks. That is
0: such a good point. And I don't think that, I mean, I know we were purposeful in how we arranged it, but I don't think that we actually, purposely characterized it like that. And I'm a little bit sad now that we didn't, that like the first intro paragraph was like BST, like meta, right? <laughs> like, because really that is how it is, right? And this sort of, it gets at the rationale and the description and some of the modeling. Um, and it's just continually looped through across these three individuals, the consulting supervisor, the new supervisor and their trainee. So, um, go us. I'm glad that you described it that way because I think that's, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it, so the, the, the new supervisor isn't yet again, jumping into the values, um, activity in the getting ready. Um, but they do get to experience, the description of it from the consulting supervisor when they finally meet for the first time. Yeah.
1: Now, the other thing you got to take care of in the getting ready um, month is the logistics and nitty gritty. So that is, this is a professional relationship in the context of behavior analysis. And as behavior analysts, per our ethics code, we don't casually embark on those kinds of relationships without clarifying setting the professional expectations etc and so we kind of of course give you a checklist because i (laughs) love a list of those logistics including having a contract or written agreement and we don't provide one and the reason is because we don't know your circumstances you have to be responsible for identifying, do we work for the same organization? Are we both doing this as part of our salaried activities? Mm -hmm. As opposed to if I were your consulting supervisor, I would be an independent contractor and I would have an official contract that we would both sign that would specify all the expectations and that there would be separate compensation. Yep. So, We give you guidance on the kinds of things you need to include, but you have to use that to set your own contract based on your circumstances. You also have to do the thing that I don't like at all, which is um, electronic file sharing (laughs) Cause I'm like a super planner, but not great with the electronic file sharing, but you kind of have to take care of this. So you might as well plan it ahead and talk about which one you prefer and make sure both people know how to do it in a way that is going to allow you to seamlessly take care of your
0: information sharing and documentation. And here's the thing, the new supervisor is going to have to do that potentially at a much more complicated level if they have multiple trainees. So again, this is that clear demonstration of your consulting supervisor is prompted to think about and do the things. And support you and be an exemplary model, not a crappy model, an exemplary model of all of No crappy models, (laughs) no (laughs) crappy models um, of all of the things that as a new supervisor, you're going to have to do. So, you know, as a matter of fact, for the new supervisor, right before the logistics section, there's a section to prompt the new supervisor through pulling together resources because that's part of getting ready. For the new supervisor, right? Figure out what sorts of articles do you have. What kind of podcasts can you use or have your trainees listen to? And we actually gave a pretty robust list of these kinds of resources just to get people started. Um, so that that was, I think, the workbook uh, trying to support the new supervisor in that, um, and then all of these logistics, uh, that also include having all of the materials, not just those resources, but your signature forms, um, meeting agenda templates and everybody in the whole world know Linda LeBlanc love an agenda. In fact, an agenda. you, um, and Dr. Nosick wrote an entire paper on running effective meetings, which, Designing with an agenda. Yes, which has a whole section on agendas and why they're important. Um, And, you know, then there are other logistics information like, you know, deciding on how are you going to contact each other? Who's going to be responsible for what? And the consulting supervisor is modeling again all of these things that feel Not important, I think, to many of us, because we want to get to the good stuff. We want to get to the behavior analytic stuff. But if we don't have a strong foundation, we're going to falter and we're not going to be effective in the use of our time and um, moving forward on all of those other critical things. And so You know, these logistics not only are necessary in terms of being organized, but they also do this really incredible thing. They communicate that you care about that other person. This communicates to the new supervisor. My consulting supervisor put time, thought, and effort before we ever met, which is one of the most important initial messages to send because you need need to do the same thing Yeah, training. Yes, we have to build a strong foundation. Right. So, um, and you know, one thing that
1: uh, as we were kind of writing, um, this portion of it, it occurred to us and we were like, duh, we need to say this explicitly. If, if you can manage it, it's a better plan for the consulting supervisor and new supervisor to meet in the beginning of the month? Yes. Because that trainee is having a month of experience that needs to be planned and documented by the month. Just that's kind of part of what the the documentation and hours accrual yep. framework is about. And so if the consulting supervisor and new supervisor are meeting at the beginning of the month, that gets that new supervisor ready to crush it for the whole month with their trainees. Yep.
0: And in fact, you had this idea, which, you know, isn't necessarily required, but we highly recommend that before you dive into as Linda likes to say, all the nitty gritty, that you have kind of a pre-meeting with your consulting supervisor um, to set the stage. And it gives you kind of a a chance to breathe, a chance to chat with each other, a chance to sort out all of these logistics. And really, um, I don't know, put yourself in a good position to to feel, I think as the new supervisor, to feel comfortable quickly bringing up issues about your own repertoires and anything that you are worried about in your pending, um, supervisor relationship with your trainees, like right away. Right. So you don't, you're not waiting until you're, you know, two or three months in.
1: Yeah. Well, so this is our recipe for getting ready for the coolest year you'll ever experience, (laughs) whether you're the new supervisor or the consulting supervisor. And um, hopefully, if you are using the workbooks one of these days, uh, you'll find it useful in helping you really prepare to maximize
0: the upcoming 12 hours. Yep, I agree. And I think even if you didn't stumble on these um, workbooks before you started supervising, um, you know, you're likely to benefit from some of the structure that these workbooks can add to your supervisory practices. Now, before we wrap up, here's one other thing that I just wanna say. The BACB requires that you must have a consulting supervisor within the first year post-certification if you're gonna supervise trainees. What I do not recommend is you don't get a consulting supervisor, you wait until your first year runs out and then you just start supervising without any additional supports. It may be the case that it turns out that way. I think that this workbook for the new supervisee and getting a colleague or a mentor using the consulting supervisor workbook, even if you, you're three years out and you're just starting to supervise, is going to minimize you having to engage in some trial and error. And it's going to maximize the limited time that you have with your trainees. So these yeah. the workbook pair isn't just for people that are, I just passed the BACB exam and I'm, and I'm supervising in my first year. I think it's appropriate for anyone who is new-ish to supervision.
1: I agree. And, you know, one of the things to keep in mind is that because our field is growing so rapidly, even if you are two years, three years post-certification before you know it, you're going to be the old fogey who's five years and you're going to be the consulting supervisor and you want to be ready to really succeed in that role. And one of the ways to do it is to go through not only the new supervisor workbook experience, but then when you need to do it, go through the consulting supervisor experience.
0: That's right. Well, that kind of summarizes our getting ready section where we want folks to kind of self-reflect, self-assess, think about their values. And nitty gritties. Get them nitty gritties, get your logistics locked down um, and be prepared to start that relationship from a place of commitment that allows you to generate Um, you know, a bi-directional relationship versus a transactional relationship because we don't want that. So next time we're going to talk about sort of month one and uh, what that looks like for the consulting supervisor and the new supervisor. So we hope that you will join us in our next episode.
1: See you next time
0: on The Lift. Bye everyone.